0: Topping Talks. let's see. 105 hours a week can't be beat. Welcome to Topping Talks. Topping Talks is a Topping Tribune production and today's episode it is proudly sponsored by Topping Technologies and Express VPN. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I have to say he's quite handsome and brilliant. If you're a business in Texas that could use the hand, reach out to us at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, are you part of the 3.6% of Americans who still care about their privacy? If you are, then perfect. ExpressVPN can exist. Even though 96% of stats are made up on the spot, ExpressVPN does give 100% guarantee with their 30-day money-back guarantee description in the link as well as registration link. Now, without further ado, I'm proud to say I'm interviewing one of my old friends and clients, David Fisher, who is the current IT Services and Infrastructure Manager at Interstate Batteries.
1: Howdy. Well, happy to be here.
0: Thanks for coming on the show, David. I appreciate it, bud.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: It's been it's been quite a few years since we met each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it has. Good years. All
0: right, exactly. You still got the clock out of curiosity? I do. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite recycle projects. So I know it's kind of cliche to ask, but how did you first get into IT?
1: Um, yeah, so actually, um, I went to college for biology, majored in biology, minored in chemistry, and uh was living in Chicago, and uh, a friend of mine had um, a girlfriend living down here in Dallas, and uh, he was living with a couple other guys, and they had a spare bedroom, and uh, so, they offered it to me for 100 bucks a month, so I moved from Chicago and uh, kind of said goodbye to my, my biology days, and uh, uh, actually moved down here, and actually my first job was with Abbott Labs down here. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a contractor for a little bit. What, what did you do? Uh, just lots of um, sample testing and um, just basic research. Um, but a guy I was going to church with, I uh, made good friends with, he was like, well, there's an opening at EDS, and uh, would you would you be interested? In it? You want not to be a contractor. You could have benefits, and, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go interview for it and see if they want me. And uh, sure enough, they uh, they hired me because back in the late '90s, you just needed to, you know, be, be kind of smart and be good with computers. You didn't really need to have much experience. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and so I got my start as a uh, a tape monkey, moving tapes in and out of the the tape robot and oh, cool. monitoring the backups. So did that for, like, seven or eight years. Wow. Um, so
0: What kind of tapes were they? Were they the LTO kind of ones that are kind of shaped like a floppy disk in orientation, or were they no, real? They're the, or?
1: Yeah, they're the big square thick ones, and they were, like, uh, LTO two and three. Oh, wow. So, I mean, now we're on, like, seven and eight, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was
0: a while back. That's awesome. So was that specifically with EDS or is that for a specific EDS contract? Because I know that they're big, one of the largest consulting firms in Texas in the U.S. or world for a while.
1: Yeah, for a while. Um, <clears throat> I actually never worked at the uh, main building for EDS. Mm-hmm. Um, they hired me to do a job at Fujitsu Network Communications. And so um, the only time I ever went to the EDS main building was uh, if, if there was some required training or if I, if I needed to um, do something uh, in terms of like maybe a new EDS badge or something like that. But 99% um, of my days were spent at Fujitsu Network Communications. Um, you know, even though I worked for EDS. So.
0: Oh, awesome! So kind of, kind of an on-site job or yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, okay, and that's amazing. So a lot of people don't know how diversified and large Fujitsu is. Like when I was a kid, or even now, if I ask my parents, like, oh yeah, you know, Fujitsu. They would say, oh, yeah, the disposable camera company from the 90s. It's like, yeah. Oh, no, they do a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, the, I never saw any cameras or, um, you know, TVs or anything like that. I only saw um, – I mean, I didn't see much of it, but they, they had a lot of network equipment, um, you know, because they were a competitor of, like, uh, Nortel and, uh, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you know, all those companies fell in hard times. Um, after the dot com boom and uh, nine nine eleven, but um, yeah, so they just uh, their bread and butter. Well, I mean, they they were Fujitsu Network Communications, so it was all about network communications. Anything you needed to have a network connection, uh, they they would make it. So
0: that's awesome, and that what inspired you to move on to your next role?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if inspiration is the right word. Uh, you know, I was forced. uh, Yeah, so um, 12 years in, um, I was notified that in two months I would lose my job. And so I started looking, and uh, I was only out of work for three days. That's it? And, uh, yeah, I started uh, working at um, Dallas Morning News. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, I I guess officially I worked for AHB Low, um, which was the – newspaper side of the the below um company you know because they have a, a tv channel too yeah um so i did their active directory um monitoring admining, um and then some some email some exchange admin too work so um but yeah so that i did that for a couple years
0: that's awesome and that a lot of people don't know how the massive infrastructure and all the things that go behind the scenes to actually make a media company or a newspaper come together and work. Yep. yeah, that's true. Yep. And then what inspired you to move on to your next role and, you know, join the infamous Interstate Batteries? <laughs> <laughs> well, um you know, I liked
1: I liked the people at uh, Dallas Morning News and um I, I, I wasn't treated badly or anything, but um you know, I just got a ran I wasn't looking for a job I, I got a random letter for from a recruiter um, one morning and I read it to my wife and uh, the, the letter read something like uh, you know we we are looking for candidates for a systems administration job for a battery company at 635 and 75 and and my wife was like if that's interstate batteries you have to apply you know because my wife and I are strong Christians, and Interstate Batteries is a faith-based company. And so I did apply, and I got the job. And uh, it was it was kind of sad to tell Dallas Morning News goodbye. And um, even a, a guy I had brought in to work with me, um, you know, who I knew was good and uh, was, you know, enjoying working with, have always enjoyed work with, I had to tell him, hey, I'm moving on. So that wasn't fun. But um, Interstate Batteries has been good to me. Um, you know, I started as... A systems engineer, uh, working mostly Active Directory and VMware. Nice. Um, as the years went on, I, I took on Citrix, um, took on some Exchange responsibilities, um, you know, lots of server hardware, uh, data center responsibilities, um, and after a few years, um, you know, I had kind of become the, the, I don't know, unspoken leader of the team. Mm-hmm. And um, my boss, which was the leader and title of the team, um, moved on to a different position. So uh, I, I gave them my resume to consider me for the manager position, and they, they gave me a chance, and that's where I've been for the last, the last seven years. Now, granted, when I started seven years ago, I only had five people. Um, but then a few months later, I, was, I had four more people added to my team, and then a year after that, I had... Uh, three more people added to my team uh, because I started as the, the server uh, manager, mm-hmm. server team manager and then I became the server database and storage manager and then finally I became the server database storage and network team manager and so that's that's where I sat because at that point I had <laughs> I couldn't take on any more. <laughs> it was definitely enough so um but, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story. Um, they, it's, it's been a good place to work. I don't have anything bad to say about them. So.
0: That's, I mean, that's a great story. I mean, that a lot of people, they don't realize. I mean, that, that's realistically how you get the next job titles, you got to do the responsibilities first and strive to get it. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to make it.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, in, in my experience, um, if you want that promotion, you need to be doing the work required of the promotion you're looking for before you get it.
0: Absolutely. I, I, that's what it seems to be throughout every industry is pretty consistent. Yep. Now, what are some of the you know, maybe biggest or maybe unique challenges for during the first couple of years when you're working there?
1: Well, I, I would say, um, during the first couple of years, the biggest challenge was, um, they, they were more of a, a mom and pop shop, uh, mentality mm-hmm. there. There wasn't a lot of, um, they needed to modernize. Um, they, they, still um, oh, wow. they still had Windows NT servers. Oh, wow. They actually had a, a Windows 98 uh, server that they were using. Um, and So we had to just modernize, and um, they weren't heavily virtualized. I mean, we went from, like, probably 70% virtualized to 95% virtualized um, since when I came on board. Um, and they, they just... Uh, They've come a long way as as far as being, uh, as far as their infrastructure being a lot stronger, um, more modern, more more reliable. Um, in in the last the last couple years, no, the last year we uh, we finally got deep disaster recovery. And when I when I started, that was one of the things that, that I mentioned. I I couldn't believe that that they didn't have it. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know. It was rejected for budgetary reasons for many years and finally um they said yes so um that was a big accomplishment um but yeah there's there's been lots of uh, accomplishments along the way but uh to, to stick to your question i mean i think the biggest challenge was just um modernization and reliability of, of their infrastructure they, they just weren't there
0: so. yep that's a big transformation. And I love the this, this seamless interaction you have when you're visiting the office. I mean, just signing onto the Wi-Fi is just quick, secure, it's easy. Yep. Just makes it everyone's life just so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the network piece has come a long way as well. Um, we're, we're actually a Juniper shop, which is a little bit unusual, but um, you know it, it does what we need it to do. Mm-hmm. It's not as expensive as Cisco. Um, it's just as reliable, um, it has the same functionality. So.
0: Absolutely. They got great ROI. I know they're really big. They're growing ever more in the public sector as well. Yep. A lot of schools are starting to use them, especially since they acquired MIST systems, I think that was maybe two years ago, yep. for, the, for their wireless capabilities. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't know if it's just a plug, but I know I asked Martin, uh, I might have to check that. Though. I'm sure they're the official network of that company.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're actually switching to uh, MIST um, from from Aruba.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: And we're doing that once we move into our our new location Mm. um which is at the end of august and so um, when we're in our new location we'll be using juniper mist Um, very impressed with the product haven't actually used it but Mm. um you know everything that we have read and learned about it sounds very good and it is um, a little bit of a cost savings over aruba so
0: what is the most compelling reason to switch over to them from aruba for the for the mist wireless or what stood out the most for you personally?
1: Um, probably the, the ability to um, automate. They, they have built that into their product and um, there is uh, easier uh, ease of management because of that. So um,
0: It's all about making it easier for the end users and the admins. Yep, yep. The best technology is always gonna win out. Yep. And then how did the company modernize or transform when COVID first hit?
1: So yeah, um, actually uh, I, I consider us extremely lucky. Um, when COVID hit, um, we were actually moving away from uh, Cisco Smart um, telecom mm-hmm. telephony, and we were moving to Vonage, which is telephony as as a service in the cloud, and uh, well you mean you remember you actually helped us do oh, yeah.
0: that deal <laughs> yeah um, that, that was really good timing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really good. I mean, it's so that, that deal, uh, saved us about $200,000 a year annually. Yep.
0: Made Will pretty happy.
1: 000. Yeah. Yeah. They were happy. I, I was just chuckling because I said a year annually. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I did a, a grammatical thing.
0: Oh, don't worry. I, I say much worse every day. Trust me.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so $200,000 a year. And then also we were planning to roll out that product um, March 14th 2020 and of course that was right before everything shut down yeah and um, maybe, maybe March 14th wasn't the exact date but it was somewhere yep. in there it was a 16th
0: it was 16th okay. yeah that was a final uh, Yeah. yeah whatever <laughs> the
1: Monday was and uh, so um, we were all ready you know we had the documentation ready yep. we were ready to switch um, we were ready to you know walk people through using like smartphones um, <coughs> I mean soft phones I'm sorry and, uh, and then everything shut down. Everybody had to work from home, and we're like, oh, we're ready for Perfect this. time, yeah. <laughs> we're good, yeah. yeah. So it was. Uh, I, I consider us very fortunate um, because having, having Vonage uh, and, and the, uh, having ha- done the preparation for the soft phones mm. uh, made everything so much easier with people uh, working from home. We had also just recently upgraded our VPN um, from Juniper to Palo Alto, and so, that also, if we hadn't done that, we would I think we would have had problems with the load, mm-hmm. with everybody working from home. But because we upgraded just within the last month or two, it, it was no problem.
0: I mean, so luck, lucky or blessed, depending on how you ask. Yeah, yeah. I would say blessed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean that's that's astronomical because I I mean some of my clients and some folks I know you know when COVID hit, they're literally going to headquarters and you know shipping actual desktops and phones just to get them out and getting them people's hands because they didn't have the soft phone capabilities and it was a it was a crazy hectic nightmare. <laughs> yep, yep. And can you. T- tell me a little bit more about the culture about interstate batteries. One of my favorite things is you know, you go to the front desk. Well, they know they know my name. That's a rare thing. That <laughs> they don't call me Nick. They call me topping like Adelaide at the front desk reception. But I mean, the minute I walk through the door just it feels like home.
1: No, they definitely uh, have a good culture and they work hard to maintain it. Um, it's, it's a faith-based company. So, um, and, and when I say that, what I mean is um, the, the founder, uh, John Searcy, um, passed away, but the kind of co-founder and who is still a chairman of the board is Norm Miller. And Norm Miller is um, a, a very, um, I don't know, well-known... Uh, preacher so so to speak he's a well-known speaker i guess is a better word and actually was a part of the i am second uh movement if i don't know if you've heard of that but uh basically he and um some other people but but mainly him uh had this you know idea that uh they would start this movement called i am second that would kind of share how uh everything kind of just works better if you realize that uh you yourself are not the most important thing yep. you know others are more important God's more important so mm. um, but so he's so he's the foundation kind of and um, his son Scott Miller is also uh, a Christian and is uh, you know uh, influenced by his dad and um, you know so it, it, it carries down uh, trickles down to the rest of the, the company and um, you know we have our, our purpose and values that that we uh, everybody to uh and and it's one of the only companies that i've seen where um you know they, they they have this stuff and they actually follow through with it it's not just propaganda or something that they like a check mark that they yeah um you know have to do they, they actually do it and, and you can tell in the way that they treat people and um you know the way that that they carry themselves so
0: That's a rare, beautiful thing because there are so many companies with so many. I mean, just name the initiative where they'll put out a post on LinkedIn or they'll just they'll support a cause when it's a favorable season or it's just popular, but they don't actually follow through and you know do actions, which is you know one of the most important things.
1: Yeah, and and you know what else I would say is that uh, even though I I like to say it's a faith-based company rather than a Christian company because you definitely don't have to be a Christian to work there. I mean, I, I work with. Um, you know muslims and atheists and you know all different pe- people from all different walks of life yeah um but all of those people have the same values and you know understand that the right way to live is to uh do unto others as you would have them do unto yeah. you uh, at the at the root of it so um there's not even though they're they're christian i think it's better to say that they're faith based so
0: absolutely i mean that I've got to solve a lot of the issues we have in society because it seems like so many people, they just put themselves first instead of others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a good golden rule, but I mean, you just, maybe I'm biased or wrote, not wrote the opposite of tinted glasses, but so many things I see, social media, the news, it's just so many people are just, it's all about them. Yep. And it's just the worship of the self is really not a good thing. Like
1: <laughs> right. And, and you get a lot of people that are, um, you know, very uh tolerant and accepting of everybody, mm. but then they're intolerant of the people that aren't accepting or right. tolerant of some other people. Mm. So then they become hypocrites because Exactly <laughs> You know, they're they're accepting they they say that they're accepting everybody but they're really not. Yeah. Um so it's just it's just a, a fine line and I, I feel like uh people and that was just one example, but oh yeah. uh, I, I feel like people overall if, if they would th- put themselves in in the other person's shoes just just for a few seconds yeah uh the world would be a better place
0: so i absolutely agree so i always joke if i was ever president for a day or i would say you know everyone should work at least you know the summer in a retail job like growing up because you get to kind of see the other side of the countertop so to say and you get to learn a lot about human basic interactions and just treating people nicely just, I, it's almost funny, you can almost tell when, you know, there's like an instant at a mall, or well, I guess they don't have those anymore, but you know, at the Walmart or the checkout and someone's freaking out and, you know, berating the cashier, cashier you just tell like, that person hasn't been in the other situation. Like, right. they've never had a customer irate with them. Yeah. Or like, that was one of my first jobs was being a cashier at Cinemark, where I learned a lot of things, especially how to treat people, and yeah. a lot of real world experiences. <laughs> And then what do you like to do outside of work?
1: Um, Various things. I mean, I I, I mainly hang out with my wife. We we watch a lot of TV, Um, just whatever series that we're in watching. I mean, right now, uh, we were watching The Closer, and then uh, that changed to Major Crime. So that's what we've been watching lately. It could be anything. Um, We went to see Thor Love and Thunder last night. Oh, nice. Um, How was it? It was good, and I I thought, I mean – the, the music was really good for me because I'm an old man. Yeah. And uh, that's some old man music. And I thought, i I'm surprised that the younger generation likes this <laughs> because <laughs> this is music from when I was their age. So
0: What music was it? It was Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's great stuff. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> I say. Yeah.
0: But, uh, I
1: mean, reality is that for for kids growing up in the 2020s, yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, that would be the equivalent of, like, the Beatles or yeah. um, the Beach Boys, which I thought—I mean, I thought it was all right—but
0: yeah, <laughs> it wasn't what I was into. So. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, those of my favorite bands are the, uh, in the in the seventies. We got Aerosmith and the Beatles, but like, I grew up with my parents, where every time you have dinner, they would you know say, or we would actually play a different CD, which some of the listeners might not know what that is, but that's how I used mm-hmm. to store music. And so we would grow up with like Beethoven, Bach, yeah. You know, Beatles, so it's pretty pretty diverse and yeah. I wish more movies had some of the classical composers like that, hmm. but I, I don't know, maybe it just doesn't sell or the market is too niche. But I think seventies are make nostalgia is always a good comeback. But Guns N' Roses, that's that's a pretty solid classic.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, early to mid nineties, so it's not. I mean, I guess I guess the first Guns N' Roses came out in late eighties, really. But um, you know, it's it's. I mean that's still thirty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Such, I mean you don't think it's that long ago, but it is. So, um, for kids like I grew up in the '80s, so that would be like music from the '50s. Yeah, uh, from <laughs> sure. when I was growing up. So.
0: Like Lance, Louis Armstrong and a couple of those guys.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not familiar with much music from the '50s, really. But
0: um, it's funny though. Every couple gener- every couple years, you know what was modern is now classic. Like some people, I know some people are calling like Blink 182 and Green Day like classics. They're like, 20 years old. Now, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh,
1: I still drive my '95 Corolla, and that's that's a classic.
0: Yeah, well, those things are. <laughs> those things are bulletproof. I mean, how many miles are on that thing, and it's still running smoothly? Uh,
1: 306,000 miles. I, I wouldn't say smoothly. It's it's a clunker now. Oh wow, 300,
0: <laughs> 306,000.
1: Yep. Yep. That's a
0: damn good return on investment. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right.
1: Um. Yeah, it's got it's got some issues, but it still gets me from point A to point B, and that's what I, I care about. So
0: oh, absolutely, oh my gosh! And I'm guessing it uses an Interstate battery too. Yeah, it yep. does. <laughs> there you go. Does it actually does it say Interstate batteries or is it OEM?
1: No, uh, it says Interstate because uh, I actually yeah. went to the, the Interstate store and got it. Uh, so, and that's another good, another. I mean, there there are many perks of being an Interstate batteries employee, but uh one of them is you get a free battery every year that's that's awesome it's a a refurb battery but you know they've tested it and made sure it's okay and yeah there's nothing wrong with it
0: so oh plus it's infinitely it's kind of like aluminum cans in terms of they're infinitely recyclable like lead-acid batteries a lot of people don't know that's like half of interstate batteries is helping remanufacture them and bring them back to life
1: yeah a big part of interstate batteries is the uh lead recycling business um I, I can't remember the exact stat, but I know that we're, like, in the top five of the world for lead recyclers. So oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, we do a lot of lead recycling. That's a lot. <laughs> yep.
0: It helps the environment. means yep. we don't have to dig any, any new lead up as well.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, it's toxic, so. Oh, yeah, but. <laughs> um, better to recycle than to. You dig know, up you, more. Use more of it,
0: so. Yep. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I, was, I popped the hood on my Honda, and I just got the general Honda. You know it says Honda on the battery, but I remember you were saying there is it's OEM by Interstate. I was like, I want. Now I was at the Honda dealership to get a new one, and they were saying I wanted. I told them I wanted the Interstate one. They're like, well, we don't have the green top, but it's made by Interstate. I'm like, oh, I was a little dispo- <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I wanted the green top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it matched my green Honda. I mean, it's perfect branding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great logo. And have you got? I remember you saying you and wife like to travel. Have you gone anywhere fun recently?
1: Um. All I can think of is what we have planned. I'm trying to think of what we, what we just did. Um, seems like we went somewhere. Um, but what we have planned is we're going to um, Key West, Florida. Oh, really? So we'll actually uh, we'll leave for there uh, July 17th, and uh, we'll go for a week. And uh, we've got a, a house sitter, and um, so we know our, our cow will be fine. There you go. But um you know, we're gonna go and uh do some snorkeling and be, be beach bums and uh just kinda relax and with some place we've never been, so um should be interesting.
0: Absolutely, it's a beautiful place to be. Are you yep. excited to see maybe the coral reefs or we're in particular going to go snorkeling.
1: Yeah, we're hoping to see um I, I don't remember what the uh, what the name of the reef is that, that is down there, but it, there is a big one that you can go see, so um yeah, we're gonna do that, and then um, you know, just hang out on the beach and have drinks and um, do a little sightseeing. So, my wife, my wife is the one who who plans these trips. I, I just Not show really. up. I just <laughs> show up with my suitcase.
0: So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Even easier, just hop in the plane and go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, bud. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank thanks, you for having me. Thanks, David. I Appreciate right. you. Thanks for everyone listening. Don't forget to click, like, and subscribe. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Share with your neighbors. Heck, share with anyone. But thank you so much for listening. You all stay safe. Have a great day. Topping Talks!